This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Episode 117 <laughs> of the Five Disciples Podcast. If you're going to come out to Undertaker's theme tune, you better bloody win the fight, mate. That's all I'm going to say. Um, obviously, playing that uh, in homage uh, to one of the greatest ring entrances that I've ever seen in my entire life. However, sadly, the fight didn't necessarily go that well no, for the one and for only Mr. O'Hara <laughs> Davis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Went pretty well for Josh Taylor, but... Oh, listen, I know that we started the show off with the Undertaker theme tune, which uh, O'Hara Davis came out to at the weekend. I don't want to go OTT on O'Hara just yet. What I want to do is go OTT on... Uh, Josh Taylor. I don't want people to take away from Josh Taylor how amazing that performance was. Yep. He was absolutely sensational. O'Hara Davis is no mug. People might think he's a mug. People might think he's a bit of a clown. People will go OTT. No, no, no. People are saying he's a mug and a clown now. Mm. They weren't saying that before the fight. That's fair No enough. one was saying that before that, the fight. That's fair enough. Um, but I don't want it all to be about O'Hara Davis. There's going to be bits on O'Hara Davis. This is about Josh Taylor, man. Yeah, man. I knew that he was good. Yep. I didn't know he was that good. At this stage of his career, that's his 10th professional fight. Yes, he's got an illustrious... Uh, back catalogue of amateur pedigree where he's become the Commonwealth gold medalist. Yes, he's got experience on the big stage by performing at the uh, at the Commonwealth Games. He's been to the Olympics and all these things. But there was a lot of pressure him at the weekend. They're taking a fight that they don't necessarily need to take. Two young, hot prospects going toe-to-toe in uh, quite um, a cauldron of fire in Glasgow. Yes, it's his home place. He's an Edinburgh kid, but you get the gist. To come out and to perform the way that he performed on the biggest of stages in front of millions of on people watching. On terrestrial TV. Yeah, in front of millions of people watching. That was absolutely unbelievable. He was clinical, mate. He was. He's rapid. His hand speed's immense. His footwork, superb. 
It was like when the, when this fight was announced, O'Hara Davis, as we know, is the he, he's done. He's a brilliant self publicist, so we ain't beating him on that because we tell kids to do that all the time. He sell he sells himself great. He picks his fights. You know, he doesn't wait fight for, for fights to be made. He goes and makes fights. So you've got to give him all the respect in the world for that. So, but when they made this fight. Cyclone Promotions, the McGuigans and Josh Taylor, they didn't back down for a second. It was like, as soon as O'Hara's, as soon as Josh Taylor came off O'Hara Davis's lips, the fight was suddenly seemed to be made. So straight away, they knew something. They knew that Josh Taylor was a step above this kid, was a level above him. And what we'd seen so far in O'Hara Davis's career, albeit undefeated career, um, it was built on names that were lesser or, you know, guys that weren't of the same level as Josh Taylor, certainly not fully-fledged mm. super lightweights. And uh, that completely was proven on Saturday night because Josh Taylor was a level above. Broke his heart, mate. He really did, yeah. I mean, we know, I mean, we've spoken to Derry on several occasions. O'Hara Davis can punch and he can really, really punch. Yeah. However... He's so unorthodox as well. Yeah, he he's, lo- he, he's a very awkward style. He does, yeah. He's a very wide stance. You can see he's not had a ton of amateur experience because he does silly things. He seems to take chances. He gets caught square on and he loads up big punches. He's he a fighter. Shots. He's he does, a fighter. Yeah, yeah. He's not a boxer. And he throws looping uh, uppercuts. And, you know, he does unusual things. He does unorthodox things. And so far, that's 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 paid off really well for him in the mm. professional ranks. However, as soon as he's come up against someone that is an accomplished amateur a very very accomplished professional boxer with massive potential he's been found out because as he proved with the finish them big looping shots are all good and well when there isn't too much power coming back or there isn't too much skill or speed coming back in the other direction but if you're trying to throw big wide knockout style hooks against the guy that's got fast hands that can punch on the inside then you're going to get found out and that's exactly what the finish was he's looping round with this big hook and it just come off the side come off uh, off Josh Taylor's shoulder or off his guard and he just caught him with a little choppy hook on the inside completely square on the chain it was a wonderful finish mm. wonderful final shot but it was a masterclass absolute masterclass no backward steps now for me mate listen he's got yeah 10 fights got to speed him along I reckon I know that he called out Ricky Burns mm-hmm. Ricky Burns' face mate was hilarious when he yeah. called one he calls out Ricky Burns and everybody's like looking at Ricky Burns going hey Ricky go on son get in with him get in with him then you've got um, the clone cyclone himself he's been on here before Barry McGuigan I love him to pieces right one Barry McGuigan threw every single punch that Josh Taylor uh, threw throughout the course of the fight. You could see him at the side of the ring just chucking every punch. He's so pumped up. He's absolutely revved up for this particular fight. Then they stick the TV cameras on him. They get the uh, microphones in people's faces for the post-fight interview. And Josh, very respectful of Ricky. Listen, I've grown up watching this guy. I'd love to do it. Alex Arthur's there. Alex Arthur gave Ricky a chance at the start of his career. They're mentioning all that. Maybe you can give me a chance and all this type Mm -hmm. of stuff. And then Barry McGuigan gets in there and he's going, listen, Ricky, we respect what you're doing. Let's get this fight on. Ricky's face was absolutely hilarious. It was basically saying, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to take the crawler fight, I think. I'm just going to go over here and fight with, uh, you know, some older gentries rather than this young killer that's coming through yeah. in the 140-pound division. I think as he realises, though, as well, that, you know, Josh Taylor's really caught the imagination of the Scottish fans oh, like he had done. And I think Ricky realises that that would be literally a change in the regard in terms of Scottish fight fans following a boxer. It'd be like, there would be some Ricky fans there on the night or be some, I think there'd actually be quite a lot of impartial fans, guys who have followed Ricky Burns, but are now starting to follow Josh Taylor. I just think it would be, it would literally be like the final the final, uh, the final story in terms of Ricky's career. So I can see why he was distancing himself. However, if I was a Scottish fight fan or just a British fight fan, which I am, 
that's the fight I want to see, man. I really want to see that fight. I think it's a brilliant fight for Scottish boxing and a brilliant fight for British boxing and a wonderful barometer for Josh Taylor in where's, where he is in terms of title class as well. Those young hot prospects that we spoke about right at the start of the year, of which one is on our Radio City talk show this week, Robbie Davis Jr., your prospect. Yep. He's fighting this weekend on the Eubank undercar, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Be honest with me now, right? Did we get it wrong? Did we? Should we have gone with Josh Taylor? Let's be honest. <laughs> Robbie Davis, Jack Cat, he's doing his thing. He's still doing yep. his thing. Both lads still doing their thing. But let's be honest. Is this the kid? Is he the best at the 140s? Well, you certainly, listen, you're only as good as your last performance and his last performance was absolutely uh, mesmerising. So, so so, right now, you know, he's, he's laid down the gauntlet, if you like. You know, we mentioned this to Robbie yesterday. He's laid the gauntlet down, Josh Taylor, in terms of I'm the kid in the super lightweight division from the UK. This is what I'm capable of. I'm beating a guy that a lot of people yeah, going into the fight man. were saying was a 50-50 fight. Us ourselves, we were yeah. a little bit torn last week saying we believed the O'Hara t- Davis type because we'd, we'd previously knocked O'Hara down to go, oh, he's just all mouth this kid, and he's come up with the goods. So this time we were like, listen, we ain't being burnt again. Mm. This is a 50-50 fight. But as it proved, it wasn't a 50-50 fight. Josh Taylor was a couple of levels above. So now the gauntlet's tossed down. It's up to my boy, my tip for the year, my prospect for 2017, Robbie Davis Jr., to go out and do it in style on Saturday night and to prove to Josh Taylor, listen, kid, I'm here as well, and if you want to do a terrestrial TV blockbuster, let's do it. What now for O'Hara? What now for O'Hara Davis? To be honest, listen, maximum respect for O'Hara Davis, and I know a lot of people. He took a little bit of stick online. People saying, "Oh, he's quit. He's quit." You know, he he doesn't. When the going got rough, he didn't want to be in there. Let's be straight, man. He did. Oh, he did. Yeah, he didn't want to be there. You know, he he'd been hurt, and he did, and he felt uncomfortable. He had his heart broken. He threw on the kitchen sink at Josh Taylor, and he weren't. He didn't budge him. Didn't budge him. Didn't make a mark on him at all. No, the difference here is, and listen, he quit. Just like Kel Brook quit. And I ain't going to try and sugarcoat that. But what I will say is, O'Hara Davis never lost a fight before. Mm. First time he's ever lost a fight. Inexperienced guy. He's only had 15 fights going in. He's always had fights go his own way. He's never only really had 18 bullied. amateurs as well. well. That's what I mean. So, he's, you know, he's, that's less than 30 fights. I think Josh probably had twice as many amateur fights, or at least as many amateur fights before he even turned pro. So, talking about O'Hara Davis, that's never experienced that before. He's never been bullied before. He's never been beaten to the punch or anything else before. So... Give the kid a little bit of credit for taking that fight, for going, you know what, I'm going to go to Glasgow, I want to see the best in Britain is. Yep. He got found out he wasn't the best in Britain on Saturday night, far from it. Josh Taylor, at the moment, looks like he is. But O'Hara Davis, yes, he quits. But listen, let's not beat him up about it, because first time in his life, 25 years, he's found himself in that position, completely alien to it, takes a knee in the third round, gets put down again in the seventh. He's never been there before. Let's just give him a little bit of respect and say, listen, son, that was a learning fight for you, a little bit of a smack on the arse to go, okay, Mm. listen, you're not quite at this level yet, but this is a level that now you need to aspire to get to this level. Go away, work, come back again. Talking about coming back again, why not? Jack Cattrall, Robbie Davis Jr., I think both of those would be great fights for O'Hara Davis if we've got uh, Josh Taylor going and chasing a, a fight with Ricky Burns. Mm. You know, I think they're great fights for him. This could be the best thing, in my opinion, for O'Hara Davis. Yeah. Because what we're going to find now, one, who his real mates are, because I've no doubt that he's got an awful lot of Klingons from the world of um, celebrity television. We're going to find out who your real pals are. Yeah. Boxing can be a very, very lonely place, and we're going to find out what he's all about. Yeah, he's a, a young kid that's come from the streets of Hackney, and he's had to learn the hard way. He hasn't got the best of uh, credentials when it comes to amateur pedigree, but he's done okay so far. Now we're going to find out how much he wants it. Get your ass back in that gym and get on the graft. I know he grafts anyway, but get your ass back in that gym and get on the graft because the next fight 
next time he's out is going to be the probably the biggest fight of his life. Yeah. Forget the Josh Taylor thing. Now it's yeah, done. Yeah. Exactly. You found out what it's like to be at the elite level. Yeah. A learning curve. Get yourself now back in the gym. Graft. Get your next fight. Get back on that horse as soon as you possibly can. And then let's see what you're all about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think a fight, you know, someone like a Tyron Nurse might be a good fight for him. Um, but listen, I think at this at this moment in time, he's just got to go back, regroup, lick his wounds a little bit. I know he's probably a little bit uh, upset. Embarrassed. Embarrassed, you know, because he, he talked the talk and on this occasion he didn't get to walk the walk. I hope, but I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It should make him, hopefully. I hope it doesn't change his character. No. I, I don't want it to change his character. Because Definitely not. I posted a video on our social media yesterday, um, sorry, on when was it after the fight now on Sunday when it was absolutely it was going crazy on O'Hara Davis right and I posted this video and there's, there's so many p- people still responding to it today uh, whether they be positive or negative towards him and the basically the video is him at the end in the changing rooms talking to Josh and basically saying listen I got beat by the better man and all this type of stuff and I basically said listen I've sat down with the kid and I looked in his eyes and I know that other people might not necessarily have had this privilege to do that alright so therefore they'll be coming from a different place whereas I can see that's the real him. We've we've yeah. spoken previously about George Groves and that persona that he created, and then he dropped that guy when he became WBA champ, and you think to yourself, oh, man, that's the real George Groves. Tony Bellew creates a character, yeah. and then when we interviewed him earlier on this year before his fight with David Hare, everybody's coming back saying, I've never seen Tony Bellew like that because that's the real Tony Bellew. There is two sides to O'Hara Davis. He understands this business as showbiz. He understands that he's got to go out there and flog himself in order to get to the levels that he wants to get to to get people interested in his fights. He's created a character. No question about that. Some people might class that as fake. Some people might get into that. I personally do get into that because I think it needs that. A little bit of showbiz, all right? But there's a real human being behind it and I think the real human being came out in that video that I posted uh, on our social media. Go and have a little bit of a nosy at it. That's the real guy behind it. Yes, if you're going to talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. And if you don't walk the walk, you've got to eat some humble pie, of which he has done. Yep. In another discipline that we follow, the UFC, McGregor's done that. Yep. He talked the talk, got spanked off uh, Nate he Diaz did. first time round, came back, and he came back strong. And now look at him. Look where exactly. he's at right now. I'm not comparing, obviously, O'Hara Davis as a fighter to Conor McGregor, two totally different entities. But as human beings, they're kind of finding themselves now in a similar place that Conor found himself at. He's got to come back stronger and he's got mm-hmm. to knuckle down and graft and forget all this, oh, I'm hanging out with these towie dudes or whatever it may be. Forget that. If they're still there and the genuine mates, sound. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. But you're going to find out a lot of Klingons going, oh, yeah, oh, I got absolutely spanked off uh, oh, just that Josh Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not for, yeah, I don't, I don't see him much these days. You know what I mean? All that yeah, type yeah. of stuff. You're going to find that. It happens. It, it will happen. 100% it will happen. His phone will stop ringing. He won't have got as many text messages after the fight as what he's used to. But that's, again, it's a it's a good experience for O'Hara Davis. Though. It'll make his circle tighter and it'll make him a better fighter, I think, long term. Mm. That he's been in with someone like Josh Taylor. Someone that he's probably thought, kids only had nine fights. I've had 15. You know, I've got a better stoppage record. I've got this. I've got that. Uh, or I've got power. He's got power. I'm going to show him what, what a real guy can do, a real gunslinger can do. But... The, the the fighter, the knockout merchants came up against a far superior boxer. Mm. And he's got to realise that this sport is boxing at the end of the day. It's not knocking people out necessarily. Mm. And Josh Taylor just uh, outboxed them, outfoxed them, and then finished them. You know, it was a perfect performance by Josh Taylor. And in hindsight, you think the McGuigans, no wonder they jumped at this fight. They obviously seen O'Hara Davis and thought, well, we know what this kid's all about. You know, it, this is... 
it's all good and well doing that against Derry Matthews, who was away on his way to retirement and was two weight divisions above where he where he was at his best. To then doing it against a fully fledged talent like Josh Taylor, um, and that's how it proved. I thought, and now and they were on home soil, and it was on terrestrial TV. I hope the numbers were brilliant. Again, I don't want to get away from the fact that credit to O'Hara Davis for taking this fight. Mm. Credit to him for going to Scotland and saying, "Fuck it, man! I just want to see who's the best in Britain. Mm. Let's see." And you know, at the end of the day. He come up second best this time, but there's other big fights out there for him, definitely. Taylor, killer instinct. Not only was he brilliant when it came to the boxing side of it, but the way that he sniffed out the finish, absolutely brilliant. Well done him. Uh, and one real learn, I suppose, for O'Hara Davis. If you're going to walk out to the Undertaker's theme tune, you've got to win the fight. So maybe a little bit of a change <laughs> yeah. of music, mate. Yeah, maybe a little change of music for the next time uh, you make that ring walk. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. I'd like to make a little bit of a thank you to uh, Anthony Yard uh, for taking two and a half minutes <laughs> in his fight. So therefore, I didn't have three. I had three screens on at one point on Saturday night. I was watching the uh, Boxing Super Series draft yep. on my phone. Mm-hmm. On my iPad, I had Anthony Yard doing his thing and then on the main TV I had uh, obviously what was going on channel on channel five. 5 yeah the wife would she came downstairs right from putting the babies to bed and she got what's going on here you're taking the piss here now <laughs> yeah. I want Love Island love you've no chance you've no chance look at all this look at the, look at what's <laughs> look going what's on happened. here I've got a multimedia sensor going on in the front room <laughs> Um, so thank you very much to Anthony Yard who played uh, the game. Yeah, he? he played, the, played game. the game. He finished in two and a half minutes, so I could give the wife the iPad so she could watch whatever she wanted. There yeah. you go, mate. Well done, you. Um, and on that, I mean, what a number, what a weird night that was because just before Anthony Yard becomes uh, European light heavyweight champion, he's uh, he's in the changing room and he can hear it kicking off outside because there are massive brawl in uh, the in, all the dickheads, yeah, fighting in, in the in the crowd. In the copper box. Yeah. His mum's there, his family's there, and all that type of stuff. So I'm led to believe that he came out in his kecks to make sure that his mum were all right and all this before mm. his men fight. There was a threat that his fight might get called off because they couldn't calm the crowd it was down. That bad, yeah, yeah. And it was all kicking off, yeah, um, from uh, various fans of other fighters that didn't necessarily get the decision previous. Yeah. And I've also found out. Um, that he were he should have been in the dentist of the morning of the fight because an abscess reared its blooming ugly head. So his gum shield didn't actually fit his mouth. So he had to have a new gum shield made uh, pre-fight. So biggest night of his life, picking up yeah. his first uh, professional belt. He's got his mum in a crowd in the blooming middle of a blooming uh, mo- mo- mosh pit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And he's got blooming uh, incredibly... Sour toothache. No wonder he wanted two and a half minutes. I was just going to say, just yeah, get maybe, in there and maybe get that's finished. not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they should. Uh... I hope he doesn't hit me up mouth here because I'm going to go over. <laughs> so I better get in there first. <laughs> He's better just get rid of him. Yeah. But listen, that's the eleventh knockout on a twelve on a pure twelve and zero record that uh, yards built up at the moment, and the kid is just a hell of a talent. He looks the part, mate. I've said it. Talks the part, mate. I've said He's it. So cool in the ring. He is the best light heavyweight in Britain How right now. How is he? Got such so little amateur experience, yet looks so calm and collected mm. in the boxing ring. Mm. It's like he was made to box. Mm. You know, everything about him, his physique, his look, his power, he moves well. You know, he's a finisher. He ob- obviously, he's a finisher. Eleven knockouts and twelve wins. How the fuck did he slip under the radar in the amateur ranks and ju- to get into the pro? Like, why have we never seen this kid come through? It's unbelievable what a talent he is. And uh, I'm like, you, I'm like, who the fuck are you going to put him in with next? Has to be Bullioni. It's crazy. He has to fight. For, he has to fight for the British belt next. For me, no question about it. Because there's no point in messing about anymore. Yeah. The kid that he fought at the weekend had a decent record, but he's just gone in there and absolutely blitzed him. But that Buriani, he's only lost one in, in lost one in 19 fights. Did you yeah. just call him Buriani? Buriani. 
Baragni? Baragni. Baragni. Yeah, but I like that you've I gone and called him Chicky. Yeah, because that's what Yard was calling him. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They, yeah, he could have called him his old nickname, the Chicky Baragni. <laughs> but he went in there, hitting with that straight down the pipe. Right. Guy was fucking ranked number nine by the WBO going into that fight. Yeah, yeah. And he lasted less than a, less than one round. Yeah. Against Anthony Yard, who has obviously got issues going into the fight. Mm. I thought it was a phenomenal performance, and uh, what an absolute gem. Frank Warren's got there, like him and Dubois, like potential for those two is frightening. I think he's serious, that kid. It has to be Bullioni next for me yeah. for the light for the British light heavyweight version of the crown. So then people will start to really talk about him. Because at the moment you just go, Oh, who's he in we? Oh, yeah. he's in with this kid that we don't really know. But like you just said, the guy was ranked and he had a decent guy's top ten rank with the WBO. But what else can you do? Yeah, exactly. Can't One do loss in nineteen fights. Like mm. that that's a legit guy to put him in with for this title, for this WBO European title. The fact that he gets in there and dispose of him in the manner he did mm. says everything you need to know about Anthony Yard and where he's going potentially with his career. Mm. Such an exciting talent. You mentioned Dubois' name there, right? Triple D. Yeah. Listen He's a talent. I've got a lot of time for him. Yeah. I think he's going to go on to great things. Yeah. But the geezer that they matched him up with, right? Yeah. Don't forget, this guy was yeah, an 11th hour replacement. Yeah, it's a last minute he opponent. Was a, he was a light heavyweight, wasn't he? That's it. It's a la- it. It was a last minute opponent. And I'm when they got in the ring, I'll go in, are you for real? Mm. It's like you fight, you're fighting it. It's like me fighting my kid. Mm. He, he looked like a Uruguayan midget, the, the geezer, didn't he? Yeah. He was a... Uh... He was certainly a lot smaller than Dubois, but then again, there's not many people who are the same stature as Dubois. But listen, you know, as as they said afterwards, and again, I don't want to hark on about it because you know how I feel. I thought the BT Sport coverage presenters and all that, it's it's just not working for me. Like, it's just not working. I've known Buncey for years. Buncey does his thing on Box Nation. That's fine. Uh, I think Richie Woodall, again, not to harp on, is, 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 is great for the Olympics, but I just don't like him covering pro fights. And, and you know, the whole setup for me is just still shite. I think they need to really have a look at themselves, BT, because the quality of boxing is, is better than the quality of the presenting, as far as I'm concerned right now. But anyway, that's enough about that. In terms of Dubois, I have to agree with, with Buncey on this occasion. Do I want to see him fight or not fight? That that was the position they were in. So, I mean, I've, I've got to feel a bit to Frank Warren's team here because the opponent drops out. It's the 11th hour. What the fuck are they going to do? Like, who can they possibly bring in? Let's bring in a... An Argentinian with a with one loss on his eighteen fights or whatever he's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some way, you've got to go. Okay, that's that's fair enough. But it was the fact that the fight was still for the WBC Youth World Heavyweight Title, hmm. and you bring in a twenty nine year old Argentinian light yeah, heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, well, surely the belt can't can't go on there anymore. Then they had to drop. If you're going to bring him in, the belt has to go away, hmm. or you at least announce. Listen, obviously this guy's twenty nine. He's 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 a light heavyweight. So we can't fight for the belt, but it's still going to be just for Triple D. I don't know. It's, the belt thing upset me. I was just a bit like, fuck, you can't you can't go on and still have the belt there. Mm. Canel, the guy's like a granddad. Just, he can't win the... What if he knocks Dubois out? He's going to walk away with the WBC youth heavyweight title? Come on. So that was the only thing that... But listen, I'd rather see Dubois fight than not fight at all. Mm. At this stage in time... I just hope, and and that's what they're saying, is that at, at the Peacock now, he's getting proper spar and he's getting proper behind-the-scenes stuff. People are actually giving him a whack back. This is the one instance of a kid that, he never won a gold medal at the Olympics. He's still only 19. Mm. He's a heavyweight. He does not need to be fast-tracked into a British title fight. We should not be talking about him fighting, you know, fucking Tyson Furies and anything stupid no, like no, no, that. No, 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 no. But, but Dave we... Allen should be on his radar for next year. Look at that. The name that I've written down here, right? When you're saying next year, I say next, mate. Because... No, I think it's just a bit too soon. There's no rush with Dubois. He's so fucking young. There's no rush with him. 
You know, the heavyweight, he will not peak as a heavyweight until his mid-20s. Yeah, I know that. So you're talking at least seven, you want someone, six or seven can years, take if a not whack. more. You want someone who can take a whack and throw something back at him. Yeah. Now, we've been on this show on several occasions saying that we don't think that Dave Allen's become a world champion, but he's British level, isn't he? He is, but then I'm not saying, but then what does Dubois do after that? He has to fight for the British title then in his sixth fight. What's wrong with that? Well, this is the one occasion because he's so young, because he's a 19-year-old heavyweight. Mate! I just think we need to just... Listen! I'm quite happy to see this kid float along. You dilute it, right? I'm getting carried away. I'm going to call out, like, Tyson was fucking world champion. How old were he? He was a teenager when he became (laughs) world champ, didn't he? I'm talking about Iron Mike is what I'm talking about right now. Let's get this kid in there. Let's, Let's test him against someone half decent. End of the day... Maybe it's the way it was built then. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's where my head's at. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to bill it correctly yeah, yeah. in order to then get the fans on board with it. If you're saying, oh, look at this guy, he's up against this guy and he's blowing everybody away, yeah. then maybe that's not the right way of going about it. If you are genuinely coming out with a next-gen attitude of going, this is our guy, in four or five years' time from now, he's going to be the heavyweight champion of the world, coming on a journey with us. Yeah. And you're not expecting too much. There's a lot of six-rounders and all that type of stuff. Maybe. But for me... I want to see the next thing. I've, I've had enough now. I've seen four or five where he's, you know, just blowing. Well, what's he had now? He's had four fights, six rounds, and he's in his last four fights, he's had six rounds. Yeah, I think I think the, he needs some rounds, mate. I think the point here, more than anything, is they were trying to go. You know, Frank Warren's big sell at the end. He was going, well, you know, it's his fourth fight. He's just been in a ten round. He's just won a version of the belt. Tell me another heavyweight that's ever done that. Fucking amazing! What a talent he is. I think that was the narrative going in more than anything else. They wanted that story more than anything else, so they can go, we've got a heavyweight here after four fights. He's just been in a ten round and won a title. That that means fuck all to me. I don't care about that. Mm. I just want to see him in. We get bring in Eastern European journeyman, probably journeyman. But guys, like we've seen Pricey fight a couple of them. We've seen Bell, you fight, you know, we've seen the level of opponents I'm talking about. Guys who just come, I've got coconuts for heads and just walk you down for rounds. The guys that just keep coming, you can tee off all day against. Now, Dubois is a fucking monster, so these guys are, are few and far between, but they're out there. They're better than Argentinian light heavyweights. And again, let's not knock the opponent. This guy saved the fight. Otherwise, Dubois probably wouldn't yeah, have been yeah, able yeah, to yeah. fight. But I wouldn't have put that WBC belt against it. They're gone, you know what? Let's be honest, this guy's a light heavy, he's 29, he can't fight for this belt, so let's just tell the WBC, tell you what, we'll do Boubois again in a couple of weeks' time, and we'll put the belt on then, give us an opponent or two that we can have as backup, we'll make sure the belt happens then in his fifth fight, so they can still do that whole, like, oh, 10 round, I won a belt in his third fight. No one's asked about that except Frank, like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is amazing, let's all get talking about it. We're not talking about that, but talking about the fact that, yes, he's a talent, he's 19, let's just slow the fuck down, and let him build his experience up. Mm. One guy that needs to speed up a little bit now that um, he has uh, got himself a Lonsdale belt on his uh, mantelpiece is Bradley Skeet. Took on Dale Evans at the weekend. And I'm going to be honest with you, mate. Bore off. I know. I know you were going to say that. Bore off. I know you were going to say that. It's not interesting. I can't get excited by it. I know. I don't even think Bradley Skeet's fucking own family get excited by it, to be honest with you. That fight at the weekend, it was just like, what was... Okay... We commended it last week because of the quick turnaround from the second fight. So the second one was last month. This is the third defence. He now gets to keep his Lonsdale belt outright. But then every time I read something online, Bradley Skeet's talking Pacquiao, he's talking Horn, right? That's what he's talking constantly. Mate, come on. Come on. No chance. Absolutely no (laughs) chance. There's absolutely no way on planet Earth he would ever get those fights. Ever. You, You know, he may as well be calling out fucking Golovkin or... Floyd Mayweather makes no. He's never going to get that fight. So he's got to. He's got to actually go and get a European title fight, which, as we know, 
is owned by the main man at the moment. So he ain't going to get that rematch because, you know, the European champion is upwards and onwards. Sam Eggington is has lost to Bradley Skeet last year. Mm. He's moved the fuck on. He's moved forward five steps while Bradley's been defending. Sam Eggington's more chance of getting Jeff Owen. 100%. Of course he is, yeah. 100%. So Bradley Ski from here needs to find an opponent like a Paul Malinaji, a former champion that he can get on. Unfortunately, the problem he's got is Sam Eggington's got a bit about him. Sam Eggington, we bought into Sam Eggington. We love the narrative. We love the backstory. Fight fans are behind him. So he generates ticket sales. He generates bums on seats. Mm. Unfortunately, fights like this with Bradley Skeet, more people go, oh, fuck, I'm not watching him again. He's shite. You know, it's the old, jo- I call, you know, let's call it the Johnny Nelson syndrome because I was there when Johnny was at the peak of his powers defending his belt and it was the perfect fucking chance to go and have a beer because Johnny Nelson, the entertainer, <laughs> used to bore the shit out of me and he used to just get off when his fights are on. And it's got Bradley Skeet's fallen down the same path. He needs a name. He needs an opponent. The problem is, as Frank Warden Willens put his hands in his pocket to get him at Paul and Nagy type it. opponents, that's, that's what he desperately needs. Mm. Exactly. And it does cost money. And this is where, where I'm at with a lot of uh, boxing promoters at this moment in time. You've got to, if you're going to keep this ball rolling, if you're going to take full advantage of where British boxing is at at this moment in time, you've got to speculate to accumulate, man. You've got to spend a few quid to put some half-decent talent in front of what you would class as your talent yep. in order to keep me and the rest of uh, the boxing fan community, especially the casual fan, let's just say, yep. you, to keep them interested, of which we're going to come on to in a minute and talk about with what Cyclone did at the weekend, even though we've already spoke about the fight. I just want to go to the backstory of it. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be far too many decisions made business first, then fighter, then fan. Yep. I think there needs to be a shift in, in thought process towards customer comes first customer comes first mm. absolutely why that's life now mate that's mm. 20, that's business in 2017 customer comes first at every level big time before we listen before we move on as well before we move on you know what i'm going to say i just want to talk about the southern area super welterweight title fight that went down on this card now i know it was it ended shit and this was the this performance and this result was what I'm led the, to believe kick kicked off. off the fucking riot of yeah, all the yeah. dickheads fighting yet. But Sammy McNess went into the fight, massive, uh, massive reputation down in London to be the next big thing and everything else, you know. Uh, trained by the Tibbs family and they did this like, even on Saturday they had a video montage of him training at home, you know, and talking about him and Jimmy was on there saying, ah, oh, this fucking kid's a natural. As soon as I seen him fucking, we knew he was going to be mastered, mate, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> And you're like, wow, okay, I've never seen this. Sammy McNess, he's only had seven fights, but he's in a sudden area title fight, fighting uh, Assey Byfield, who we've seen before. He's, he's, I think he's only lost one in 12, 13 fights. Kid's quite unorthodox. Okay, this must fancy this, McNess. Man, Byfield. Pulled his pants down, Just didn't absolutely bent him over his knee, took his pants down and smacked his ass. <laughs> what a performance by Byfield, man. I just want to say, maximum respect for that performance against that, you know, the crowds against them, the TVs against them, you know, he's there to play a part. Mm. He's there to lose his sudden area title against this young star that they just had this wonderful video montage all about and this new breed that's coming through and he blah, beat, blah. He beat him up. And he took him apart. Respect. And then, you you know, you, they start telling you about Byfield's background where he's, 
Got into the sport and his manager said, you know, I thought he'd make a decent journeyman. Yeah. But he kept winning and winning and winning. And it's kind of like the Sam, Sam Higginson, Higginson story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I want to watch Byfield again now. I'm a Byfield fan. I want to see him fight again. I want to see him move up now. I want to see him give up the sudden area and move up to a British title shot or English title. Let's see more from, from uh, Assi Byfield because that was an outstanding performance. Get the finish like that as well. Not a natural finisher, but he broke the kid's heart. Took him to school, forced the Tibbs to throw in the towel. That must have been such a rewarding performance for the Byfield corner. Didn't quite get the celebrations or the or the pre-fight celebration, but you know I'm forty. But listen, I'm a fan. I want to see Byfield again. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. So are we going on to eat humble pie now. Is this where we eat some humble pie about world world boxing super series, Adam? You know, we were we were passionate last week, weren't we? We were going, the fucking cruiserweights, you've you've nailed the cruiserweights, but come on, what have you done to the super middles? This is not a super middle tournament. What is it? The WBA tournament. Is that all it is? <laughs> the WBA tournament. And then as, as Thursday and Friday ticked down, I was just like Better get that humble pie in the oven. Get off social media quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> they pulled it out the bag. The Sowland brothers pulled it out the bag, mate. Some big names. Well, we were told from, uh, I'm not going to name names, but we were told that Callum wouldn't be able to go into the Super Series because Anthony Durrell was offered Super Series, as was Callum, mm-hmm. but Anthony Durrell turned it down. That's fact. That is what happened. Anthony Durrell turns it down. So I thought, right, I'll get on my iOS here, I'll get on social media, and I'll give Anthony Durrell a bit of abuse, and I'll tag him in everything that I'm doing. So I did. Then he gets on, back to us, I'm thinking, speak, speaking in a language that I don't understand. You know, I went, like when you've got a bit of a, an American drawl, and I don't fully understand like the terminology of various things. Anyway, he pings a few things back to me and we're having a bit of a back and forth, me and Anthony Drell. Great stuff. Thanks, Ant. Thanks for getting in contact with the show, mate. However, I thought that that was done and dusted. I just thought, okay, they'll have their argument about where they're going to be fighting their WBC um, um, title fight, whether it be in LA as it's contracted for or whether it be Flint, Michigan, as they're all arguing Mm -hmm. to have it relocated. Then the next thing I hear, right, well, a little bit of back and forth then goes between me and somebody else who's connected to the boxing super series, alluding to the fact that something big is about to happen. And I'm thinking, I all right, you wound me up before. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna bite. I'm not gonna bite on the end of this fishing line. Next thing, boom! Callum Smith name drops right in there. Yep. Even though Eddie Hearn had come out and said, oh, no, it's going to be quite difficult for us to make this happen because obviously Anthony Durrell has refused it, so therefore it's impossible for Callum to go into the Super Series. But because Anthony Durrell had thrown his toys out the pram and officially lodged um, relocation, um, mm-hmm. re- a relocation request uh, to the WBC, he was then in breach of contract. And because he was then in breach of contract... Eddie's obviously got in at Callum's ear. He said, listen, he's in breach of contract. You're in charge now. What do you want to do? Do you want to go in the Super Series and really have a, a shot at becoming the WBA champion and then maybe come back round later on? Um, because you're not really going to lose your standing with but the he's WBC. But he's still getting the WBC diamond belt, isn't he? That's what they've said his first fight's yeah, going to be. Listen, they make belts for making belts sick. Yeah, well, we've yeah. spoke about I, this I in, in like the past. I quite though. I've seen the belt. It looks yeah, gorgeous. Yes, it does look well. Linares has got one when he fought mm-hmm. against uh, Crawler, didn't he? They are beautiful belts, but let's be straight, right? The WBC, yeah, yeah. it's not the world title. It's a diamond belt, it's yeah. a knowledgeable belt, but it's not the world title belt. But he'll get an opportunity to maybe fight down the line for that if he comes through as the, uh, as the main man in this world boxing super series. So that gets thrown into the loop, right? So I'm thinking, all right, sound, this is decent now. Callum Smith's in there. Even though, still, 
It's a WBA competition, right? Yeah, That's yeah. the only belt in there. Because there's no other champions. When you compare it to the, what the cruiserweights are in there. Mm-hmm. Then I'm having a conversation on Friday, a bit of a back and forth. I'm not going to tell you who it was with, but I'm having a back and forth on, uh, on, uh, on, me, on me text, right? And I'm told who's coming in. Well, I'll say, first of all, I was wound up who was coming in next, right? Yeah. Another champion is what I was told. Yeah. So I'm getting fucking giddy. I'm thinking... The Gale's not injured. The Gale's not injured. <laughs> they're they're going to pull the Gale out the hat tomorrow and we're going to look like a right set of weapons. This is what's going to happen, right? So I'm texting you. I'm thinking, I think I've just been told. I've been alluded to the fact that the Gale's in this competition. You're going, the Gale's injured, mate. No, 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 no. I've, I've got it on good authority. <laughs> Five minutes after me and you have this conversation, the person that I'm having the conversation with then texts me back going, I'm only winding you up, your dick. <laughs> <laughs> so that kibosh that. But then... The text then that came back was that no, it is a champion. Yeah, there is yeah. a, there is another champion going into this uh, thing. So I'm thinking, I'm racking my head. I'm thinking, Ramirez. Mm-hmm. There's no WBC champion. We've already got Callum. They're not talking Eubank Junior, are they? No, that's not a champion. <laughs> I'm not having it. <laughs> Eubank Junior, Arthur Abraham. I mean, to be fair, that is a rabbit right out of the hat in it. To it have is. Groves, Callum Smith, um, either Abraham. And Eubank Jr. Amongst yeah. the others, I'm not this man uh, going against Bremer because he's a former world champion. All these other guys that are in there now, you think to yourself, actually quite decent, even though there's yeah. only one real world title on the line. There is, yeah, but there's obviously, you know, everybody on the left-hand side of the draw, if you like. You know, you've got Gross, Callum Smith, Eubank Jr., Arthur Abram, one of, and Jürgen Bremer, a former world champion, so that that completely legit. But then the opposing corner, you know, you've not got Anyone with a loss on the record, mm. you know the the uh, the Villendrum, Rob Brandt, Jamie Cox. Okay, we spoke about Jamie Cox being in the tournament before. That was a bit of a surprise, but but Scotland as well. All those guys are undefeated. All those guys are you know got realistic world ti- world title ambitions, and uh, I think it makes for a fucking absolutely awesome tournaments but for me you know the weak link out of the lot is Jamie Cox so it didn't surprise me when because George Groves that's how the draft work wasn't it if you see the number one you get first choice I didn't realise that hidden and I thought they were actually going to do like a balls and a pot no 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 you wait you for get style you get, I think it's even better when you get to pick me I'm too yeah because it up. says it says, and the beauty of it was in social media everyone was going what do you reckon I reckon Groves is probably going to pick like uh, Scogland or you know like the most compa- like the toughest fight out there because Groves will want to make a point Groves will want to show the world and go listen I'm the boy I'll pick the fucking top seed out of the other side of the draw no mate did he fuck <laughs> did he fuck he's like Jamie Cox please yeah, yeah. <laughs> the blown up super welter yes please that's me yes thank you <laughs> it's like I'm picked him straight away people go ooh George Groves has picked a belter that's going to be a great fight no it's no, not no it isn't he's that's the easiest fight in the book Cox is super easy to hit. George Groves will stop him inside the distance and he'll coast on to the semi-finals. Of which could be Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah, exactly. So we'll find out this weekend, obviously. I'd be surprised if Eubank Jr. uh, hasn't got a bit too much youth and and enthusiasm for Arthur Abram. But then again, Arthur Abram's been counted out before. So I look forward to watching that fight on Saturday. Gives it a new dynamic now, doesn't it? Absolutely. Knowing full well that there's a quarterfinal place. Please, Chris Eubank Jr., do the business. He will. Doesn't matter how you do it, just win the fights, then we can see, hopefully, you versus Groves in the semi-final and you versus Callum Smith in the final. final. Or George Groves, Mm -hmm. uh, Callum Smith. We want want an all-British final. Of course we do, and I think it will be. I genuinely think it will be. Um, If you want to know more about um, the World Boxing Super Series... Uh, listen to our Radio City talk show this week because we have a chat with Callum Smith, fresh um, from his uh, his escapades in the south of France, dressed as James Bond. 
Um, and obviously picking Eric Scogland as he did. I love the mentality of picking your opponent. Who yeah. do you want? Exactly. Hear from Callum Smith on his thoughts on that. It is all available on our website, fightdisciples.com. What did you think of the, uh, before we move on, what did you think of the, <clears throat> the, other, the other draw, the cruisers? Decent, but I'm not really, I, I'm, listen, Uzik's going to win it. So I'm, I'm, I'm it's hard sat, to talk past Uzik, isn't it? Mate, I'm sat there going, I can't see anybody beating Alexander Uzik. No. Absolutely nobody. Even though, like you said, all the champions are in there. You've got, did he pick Hook? Did he, he pick Marco Hook? He picked Marco yeah, Hook. So champion, yeah. I think to myself, mate, Usyk's a killer. Mm. I think he's the only sub 30 year old in there, isn't he? I think so, yeah. Everybody yeah. else is over the age of 30. Yeah. And he is absolutely dynamite. Listen, he's the, cru- he's the cruiserweight version of Vasyl Lomachenko, mate. He's that good. I think Mike Perez could be the dark horse in that tournament, to be honest. He's got a great backstory. Mm. He's got a great backstory. He's had a really tough time. He's obviously stepping down in weight, is Mike, isn't he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he could be there or thereabouts, but I can't see past Uzik, mate. No, neither can I. But there's a potential there for the all-Cuba final as well, which would be absolutely mental uh, for that division as well. But Uzik's going to take some stopping. You, we'll be going Uzik, Callum Smith, is that what you're thinking? They're the bookies' favourites. Yeah, I went to Uzik, Callum Smith. That was what I mentioned yesterday. So that's probably where the bookies got it from. Yeah, they'd seen I'd tip them to, to come out on top. So I'm excited, man. It's good. Listen, again. You know, you had us last week, them cheeky little Sourlands. They had us last week, didn't they? They had us hanging on, talking to the end. Oh, it's not going to live up to the hype. But listen, I think I think they just about pulled the rabbit out of the bag there for me. Like, Lovely. And, uh, I can't wait for the dates now. And I've already spoken to our contact within that tournament setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's confident that we can get our tickets as well. So hopefully we'll try and get a couple of, to the, couple, a couple of these events at least. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, before we get onto the actual fights this weekend, Eubank Jr. versus Arthur Abraham and the stacked undercard, I just want to talk about the business model of ITV box office versus the business model of Cyclone and Channel 5. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've had a massive say on the ITV box office business model yes, from the Eubanks. And we have given it a bit of a kick. Now, the card itself at the weekend is fantastic. Is it a pay-per-view card? No. no. I'm sorry it's not. It's not a pay-per-view card. And in, in, in my opinion, you're kind of missing a trick because this is the perfect type of card to get casual boxing fans invested and involved and to love boxing on a mainstream platform. Mm-hmm. Just take heed from what Barry McGuigan is doing at Cyclone Promotions. Yep. His relationship with Channel 5, which was in full flow at the weekend, it's going to be full flow again in three weeks' time when a two-weight world champion, Carl Frampton. Is Carl Frampton a pay-per-view star? Yes. Yes. He's on free TV in three weeks. Yeah. Is Chris Eubank Jr. a pay-per-view star? No. No. Why is he on pay-per-view this weekend? That no answers the question. That answers Greed. The, that answers the whole thing. So basically what I said on social media after what I saw on Saturday night was, you've got to take your hat off to what Barry McGuigan is doing. He's putting elite fighters in competitive fights on free television. And that only grows interest in the sport. Yep. Gets new fans, new eyes onto the sport. And he's coming from the angle of a fighter. He's a fighter. He understands what this industry is all about. Other people that are in charge of making fights are businessmen. And that's not disrespect or patronising towards Barry, because I'm sure he's a fantastic businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people are thinking about dollar first and their own business sense first, rather than 
going down the line of what is best what for the grow. fighter, what's best for the fighter. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. It's oversaturation. They're yeah. drowning the product right now. Whereas if they drip fed the product now to build a, a bigger audience, mm-hmm. get the roots to grow. Let's, let's use some gardening terminology up in garden industry. So let the roots grow now. This is what Barry's doing. And then when it comes to the, the flowering, the pay-per-view opportunity, there will be big the money. big title fight, there's money there. And they've got, we've just been talking about it. The World Boxing Super Series is a perfect thing to go, right, okay, let's make this shootout to be in the World Boxing Super Series. Let's make it on free TV. Get fucking big numbers on the back of it. And then we can go, right, okay, well, the first fight in the tournament against, you know, against whoever it is, the Turkish kid, that's going to be Eubank. And it's going to be pay-per-view, you know, and then we build towards a pay-per-view then. Even that might be a bit soon, to be honest with you. But even, mm. it gives us something to go, right, get an audience now. Like, I, I know without even seeing the numbers, I know for a fact that last week's Cyclone show is going to smash this show. Because it was free on terrestrial TV and it was a great fight. I had the old industry talking. Is it pay-per-view? And of course it isn't. But Josh Taylor beating O'Hara Davis did massive numbers and will have done huge things for Josh Taylor's profile nationwide. Absolutely. And they're missing a trick here with Chris Eubank Jr. I think, unfortunately, the ITV have got jumped back into boxing with the Eubanks, knowing full well that there is a market there. People do like or love or hate the Eubanks. So there is a market, but it's a limited market. Mm-hmm. If they'd have just gone, you know what? Listen, Eubanks, this is how we do business. Let's do three shows on normal terrestrial TV. Get your numbers through the roof, and then we'll drag them into a pay-per-view market. But unfortunately, because the Eubanks are all about the money, they've had. I feel like the ITV have been forced into a pay-per-view market from the get-go just to be able to afford it. But what the Eubanks don't seem to understand is, you know, they might be getting you know, X amount for these fights that are on pay-per-view now, like a small pay-per-view market might be getting points on. So they might be making seven figures just, I don't know, maybe, I doubt it, but maybe. But if they'd have done Chris Eubank Jr.'s first three fights as free on ATV and then gone, right, okay, we're now in World Super Series and that's going to be on pay-per-view, they could have made five times as much money for that first pay-per-view mm. than what they've done for these last three fights. If this is on free TV at the weekend, it will do... Those big numbers. Massive, massive seven-figure numbers. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Casual eyes, on ITV especially, I mean, Definitely. not disrespect to Channel 5, but on ITV especially, if you're yeah. doing, right, okay, 10 o'clock, Saturday night, boom, we've got big-time boxing on, yeah. your undercards on ITV 4 or whatever it may be. As, uh, There's only five fights, isn't there? Well, as, um, All I've seen is five fights. Cyclone at the weekend had the undercard on Spike, Spike. and then it mm-hmm. went to Channel 5. They yeah. Just do the same thing, mm-hmm. whack it all on there. Everybody's thinking, what's this here? Oh, former two-weight world champion against uh, Chris Eubank Jr. You know the name, Chris Eubank. Yeah. This is his boy. Da, 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 da. You, you, you showcase that talent. He well, boxing Super Series is the incentive. He puts on a major performance, mm-hmm. and you think to yourself, oh, We're in. he looks all right. Yeah, what's he all about? Exactly. Superb stuff. And then you and then. You get the kick. You get the, the pay-per-view kick back. It's later a longer-term business pro- project that Barry's doing at Cyclone. Yeah, and for me, that will pay dividend. You've got to believe in your product, of course. You've got course. to believe that Josh Taylor's the boy. We know that Frampton's the boy, but you've got to believe in these lads in to invest in those type of boys. But you're not telling me that Frank's not got those type of characters. You're yeah. not telling me that Eddie's not got those type of characters. He's got plumbing Anthony Joshua, for crying out loud. Exactly. Now, fair enough, Anthony Joshua's a pay-per-view star now. It doesn't have to do that, mm-hmm. all right? But there's certain lads in there now that are being put onto cards and pay-per-view cards, I just, as we're seeing at the weekend, that you just think to yourself, Come on, man, you're moving yeah. the fans off and the exactly. fans will go somewhere else. Well, eventually. this is the problem you say, and this is why I think Channel 5 have, uh, are definitely on the right track with, with Cyclone because 
they feel like let's build an audience first. We don't have a boxing audience, so let's build it with terrestrial shows. And then, you know, potentially there's there's stuff to do on on pay per view. You know, we're talking about one of the biggest broadcasters in the world. Here, you know, they've, they're all over the planet. So it's great that they did the spike. Great that they then moved the main card to Channel Five. That works. What I feel like ITV is, I think their hand's been forced by the Eubanks to do pay-per-view from the off because the Eubanks want a certain amount of money. Mm. And I think what it could do is completely and utterly fuck up ITV's move into boxing. Mm. Because they started with that Robbie Davis show, remember? And it was fucking awesome. The show was great. There was good fights on there. Robbie Davis was outstanding. And you thought, yeah, more of this ITV, definitely. But now they seem to have just gone into this pay-per-view market with the Eubanks. Mm. The numbers aren't going to be great. They're not going to get that many people interested. And then you start... ITV as a broadcaster and then start going, ah, that, this isn't really working, this move into boxing. You're doing it wrong, that's why. There's no, you've got to build your audience again. Mm. Build it and then do the odd pay-per-view again. It just feels like they've gone in at the top end and they're going to suffer for it. And, you know, again, I don't know the ins and outs of the story, but I'd be surprised if the Eubanks weren't part of that because they want a certain amount of money from the get-go. Mm. Whereas if they'd just been a bit more patient, they could have cashed in later on. It'd be interesting to know the numbers from Taylor Davis on Channel 5. Yeah. It's going to be more interesting to know the numbers from Carl Frampton's uh, escapade back in Belfast in three weeks' time, July 29th. That, the numbers on free television, that will, I think they'll be, we'll be talking crazy numbers, man. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy numbers. Because, but brilliant though, because then if Frampton goes into a full world title fight in the aftermath of that on pay-per-view, he takes part of that market with him. He takes a good slice of it. Like, it fucking makes sense. Yeah, of course. It's not rocket science. No, of course. Um, on the fight itself then this weekend, Eubank Jr., Arthur Abraham, without any shadow of a doubt, his toughest test today. I mean, I'm, I'm brushing over Billy, Billy Joe. Joe Saunders because yeah. I don't even know how good Billy Joe Saunders is at this moment in time. No. Nope. He's the world champion, of course he is, but he's fought Eubank Jr. and Andy Lee. Yeah. Yeah. He can't get a he can't get a scrap at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at Arthur Abraham, a former two weight world champion, as Eubank Junior's toughest test. Yeah. Uh, today, even though he's at the twilight of his career, he might be on the slide. He doesn't really perform outside of Germany, as we've seen. No. I would fully expect Eubank Junior to win this, but I'm not expecting him to knock him out. I'm expecting maybe a points decision. Yeah. Because Arthur Abraham is made of concrete, mate. He ain't going anywhere. No, he's tough, and if he does knock him out, then that's a performance. Well, that's it. I think he's got to try and go for the for the knockout because that would be the standout performance. But you're right. You know, this is Arthur Abram for for all his years in the sport. He's had five, fifty fights or whatever, fifty one fights, five defeats. I think four of those five were, were on the road. The only times he's been on the road, I think he's ever won outside of Germany. Uh, which kind of says it all about the fact that he just does not travel well, and he's he's enjoyed a career where he's he's, he's been favourable with with home judges. So I think he's got everything to do to try and break into Eubank Junior. I think Eubank Junior is just going to be too quick for him, uh, too fleet of foot. Definitely, uh, I think it probably will go the distance. But you're right; if Eubank Junior can stop him, that's a standout. That's a real statement to go into the World Boxing Super Series. But um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, again. <laughs> It's hard to get super excited because it's. I hate the fact it's pay per view and it shouldn't be pay per view. Mm. This is not a pay per view event, but we're going to pay for it because you know at the end of the day we've got to 
we've got to talk about it, but you know, Lee Selby, no, no, Lee Selby's no. not necessarily a pay per view star. You're Robbie Davis pay- Jr. is not well, necessarily it. a The reason why you're going to pay per view is nothing to do with you, Mike Jr. The reason why you're going to pay per view it is because your boy, Robbie Davis is on, Robbie Davis is on it, and yeah. uh, and you know, and, and Lee Selby, Selby, I'm a massive Lee Selby fan. Mm. That's that's the reason I'll pay for this because I want to see those two in action rather than I want to see Eubank Jr. The Eubank Jr. for me is like a little bit of a bonus, but mm. if if they weren't on this card, I wouldn't pay for this card. Uh, Selby defending his uh, world title against his mandatory challenger hopefully once he gets through this and I fully anticipate him to come through this because he is class Yeah. hopefully we're going to see Frampton yeah hopefully we have to man yeah. come on it is yeah that that would definitely is the fight that makes most sense to everybody and you know it, he needs to be careful Lee Selby because you know he's becoming the world champion that nobody wants you know and he's got to make himself attractive and unfortunately that might well be even though he's champion taking a 40-60 split against Frampton and going okay well you're the star so you you take most of the money but this is a fight I need you know he's got to just get over that and accept the fact that he's not you know as to use a rhetoric that's been used recently the A side Frampton's the A side mm-hmm. even though he's got the belt so he needs a big fight. He desperately needs a big fight because he's he's on the verge of Junior Witter syndrome where you can be a world champion forever and no one fucking knows who you are. Mm. And he's too good a talent for that, Lee Selby, you know, the Welsh-Mexican. I've been a massive fan of him for a long time. I think a fight with him at Frampton is a brilliant fight too. Uh, your boy, Robbie Davis Jr., he's on our Radio City talk show. Make sure you go and have a little bit of a listen uh, to him talking not only about the fight at the weekend in his weight category, but then obviously what's coming up for him this weekend on the undercard of... Uh, of Eubank Jr. He's uh, fighting a very, very tough Paul. However, that very, very tough Paul has not fought outside of Poland before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Robbie's defending his uh, WBA Continental belt um, this weekend. Now, if you've never seen Robbie Davis Jr. fight before, there is a reason why Nick picked him as his hot prospect of the year. He's probably the best switch hitter, natural switch hitter, yeah, it's class. in this country by a mile. He's class. That's all I'm going to say is he's class. Tune into our show from yesterday. He's got loads of bar and full of personality as well. Uh, this is another statement opportunity from him in a super lightweight division that, as this show's proved earlier, is red hot right now in the UK. So interesting to see where Robbie's at on Saturday and then interesting as well to see his post-fight. I want to know who he's going to call out in a post-fight. There's only one man he's going to call out. He's going yeah. to call out Josh Taylor. That's what he's going to do, isn't he? He's going to go straight for him. Therefore. Or maybe Oara. Maybe he just wants a piece of that pie. Yeah. There's money, there's money to be made, you know, at the end mm. of the day. Let's let's see who's the best in Britain again. Mm. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this movement going. Um, there's some other guys uh, in action this weekend. Jack Armfield, JJ Metcalf, they're fighting up in Blackpool. It's on Box Nation. You could probably tune into that and have a little bit of a nosy there. Ricky Atten's got a, a big boy uh, heavyweight in, in action on that card as well. Um, but the main one for us is obviously the ITV box office. Uh, show this weekend where Eubank Jr. will hopefully come through against Arthur Abraham and get himself into the World Boxing Super Series and set up, if he comes through his quarterfinal, a semi-final with George Groves. That'll be beautiful. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Thank you very much for downloading today's show. Um, If you have only just stumbled across us, we are available on iTunes. Just search out Fight Disciples. The easiest way of getting there and seeing all our previous episodes are talking boxing, previous interviews and all our UFC chat. It's on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're also all over social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Next week will be a little bit different. There will be stuff for you to download, uh, but we're taking just a one week off. You know what I mean? Our wives are nagging us. They want to hang out with us a little bit. So we're just having a little bit of time off next week, seeing as that there's no fights to preview next week in the world of boxing and in the world of UFC. 
We will return in two weeks from now. Listen, don't cry. Don't cry. There's loads to go through on our back catalogue. Go on yeah, our website. we've got some content, haven't we? But there'll be stuff going up. There'll be stuff going We're up. We're going to be doing uh, a Mayweather McGregor yeah. special series, seeing as that all the uh, press conferences, of which I have no doubt you've seen, have kicked off this week. Yeah. Um, there'll be stuff for you to download still next week, uh, but the main boxing and main UFC episode will not be there. It will return in two weeks' time as we look forward towards Carl Frampton back in action in Belfast, which we've just been speaking about. And, of course, on the same weekend, it is Broner versus Garcia. Mm-hmm. Tasty, tasty. What a lovely way to uh, get our teeth back into the world of boxing in two weeks' time. Um, subscribe, so therefore you never miss out on any of our boxing content. It's all there for you. Fightdisciples.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.